Line in Business, Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, and my guest this hour is Lita Epstein, uh, who's an MBA. Uh, She's written a book uh, recently called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score. Uh, Raise your numbers and make the financial grade. Welcome to the show, Lita. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Let's just first of all talk about uh, credit scores and and why is it important uh, that people have a good credit score. Well, the most important reason is they can get better interest rates. And, of course, over the long term, that will save them a lot of money. So as long as you can keep your score over about 730, you can get the, the best rates on the market. As it drops down below that, you pay more and more for your credit score. And once your score goes, let's say, below about uh, 620, you're then starting to pay rates of, of 9 to 10%. It's That's not only rates, it's also higher. It's availability as well. At a certain point, you won't be able to get it at any price, right? Right. Right now, actually, in this market, given how, how stiff everything is, under, a score under 620 is going to have a very hard time getting any kind of credit at all. So do you think most people are aware of what their credit scores are and, and uh, are accurate in their views of what their credit scores are? I think most people don't even know how to check it, to tell you the truth. It's, so, it's not something, it's something a lot of t- times you find out about after you've applied for a loan. So what do you think is the best way to check your credit score? Unfortunately, there's no free way to do it, but I think going to FICO, uh, www.fico.com is probably your best way to quickly check it. It's usually about $15. And it's a good investment if you are planning a major loan. I wouldn't say to do it for every, every time you're planning to apply for credit, but if you're thinking of applying for a mortgage or a car loan where you're going to be paying over a number of years, it's a good idea to know where your score is and whether there's anything you can do to improve that score. So a lot of people hear on the radio all the time, you know, freecreditscore.com, and there's all kinds of things that make it sound like it's free. Is that not uh, true? Most of the free credit reports are uh, little promos for one of the credit credit scoring agencies. And so you'll get a free report, but then you're going to get signed up for a monthly fee that you're going to have to pay. You can cancel on that fee. Most people just don't cancel it, and they end up continuing to pay it. There's really only one website run by the government where you can get your free credit report every year. And what um, is that uh, What is that uh, website? Let me... Uh, it's annualcreditreport.com, I annual think. Annualcreditreport.com, yes. That's the one I was trying to think of. <laughs> yes, that's right. Thank um, you. Uh, www.annualcreditreport.com is the only official one run through the government's agencies, and you can get one free report for every every one of the credit bureaus from that through that that website. If you go through any other website, you're going to end up having to pay for it. So, do you think it's worth it to have an ongoing credit monitoring service so you can see your credit report and your score anytime? I think it depends. If you're if you're looking to improve that score and watch what's happening to it, I think it can be helpful to have that. If you, you know that your score is good, I think it's monitoring it once or twice a year, taking a look at your credit report, making sure that nothing strange is happening to it is probably enough for most people. In the first chapter uh, of your book, Improving Your Credit Score, um, you talk about the national distribution of uh, credit scores and FICO scores. Just kind of give me a sense of uh, wh- what that distribution is and uh, how many are people roughly are in different uh, kind of credit score brackets. You mean and how many people in their credit ratings? Yeah, with their FICO scores. This is on page five of the book. 
you talk about the different the distribution of FICO scores. Oh, oh, okay. So give people a general sense of how many, roughly, what percentage of people drop into the different, uh, you know, ranges of credit scores. Well, only about thirteen percent of the people have scores over eight hundred, and it really isn't necessary to worry about that. Seven fifty to seven ninety nine, which is the ones that get the absolute best interest rates, are about twenty seven percent plus that thirteen. So probably about forty percent of the people. Are, are eligible for the best interest rates. And then go the down next, a little bit further, yeah. Then the next, the next major group, uh, 705 to 749, which is going to get you pretty good rates, one, one step below, is about 19%. And then the rest of the folks are under the 650. If they can get credit at all today, it's going to be with very high interest rates. And oh. that's probably about 35 to 40% of the people. But even so, you have about 59% that are 700 or above. Correct. Which is, I think, higher than most people think. I think most people, particularly with the press you see today, uh, you know, have the impression that most people have horrible credit scores and are, you know, low 600s or something. Here you've got almost 60% are 700 plus. Exactly. Yeah, they're really, when you go in and if you take a, a, go through the FICO and do your credit score, you'll see what your percentage is and where you sit. And, and I think most people would be surprised that they have a good to excellent credit score. As long as you make your payments on time and maybe just miss one payment a year, you're going to be up in that 700 plus. It's when you start missing payments is when you, when you quickly jump down to the lower levels. Yes. Now, tell me about the different kinds of credit scores. There's the FICO score, which is the Fair Isaac Company score. Uh, there's also the, uh, the Vantage score. Uh, there's also individual scores from Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Right. Uh, are, are you supposed to be tracking all of these or some of them? or you know, wh- How does all this work for people? Uh, it really, the, um, the scores are about the same. You, you'll see just a few point difference between them. If you have one score, you're probably fine to just know which one. It gives you a general sense of where you stand. They're all just slightly different in how they rate the, the scores. But as long as you check one of the three, you're going to be pretty close to, to what you need to know. So you don't find big variations between the different uh, scores then? I find just a, maybe a 10 to 15 point difference between the scores, and it's really just how they, rate, how they rate it. Some of them rate it from 350 to 800, some from 350 to 850. They just have minor tweaks that they each do, each look at different things, and it, you never know when you're going to apply for a loan which ones they're going to look at. And, in fact, if you're applying for a mortgage loan, they're probably getting some kind of a combination of all three. So that's why it's important to stay on top of all three because you might apply for something and hit one that's not either not correct or, or it's, you know, it's got some inaccuracies on it one way or the other. Well, the, the best way to find out there's inaccuracies are not from the score. It's from the credit report. That's why it's a good idea to get a free report from every single company each year, at if least once a year, because if there's a mistake, that mistake is going to be reflected in your credit score. Right, so the, your score may be lower than you think for some illegitimate reason, some kind of error on there that's going to hurt you. And by cleaning up the, the mistake, it should clean up your credit score. Does that happen quite exactly. quickly? That happens pretty quick. The credit score usually takes about a month or two to be reflected in the credit score, depending on how quick they go through the processes. But the uh-huh. score is actually, actually calculated each time somebody asks for the report. So it gets corrected very quickly. I see, okay. Now then you talk about the different components of your credit score. Uh, why don't we go through those in the order 
of most importance to least importance as to what percentage of these things are, is, is the weight in affecting your credit score, starting with payment history, which is the biggest. Right. Pay- payment history is your most important, and that counts for 35% of your credit score. And if, even as I was saying, even if you miss one payment, it can drop your score by 100 points because they see the sign of a miss- missed payment as a sign of trouble. And the person who gets, gets hit the hardest with a missed payment is the person who's been paying on time because they think all of a sudden there's some kind of credit difficulty and they, they quickly punish you with a credit score. Hmm. So by um, paying yeah, That's why you can hear these people hearing that they missed one payment and all of a sudden their interest rate shoots right back up. So uh, by paying late, does that mean uh, 30 days late or one day late? What, what is considered late? They usually don't report it. Um, it's usually it's at least 30 days late before they'll actually report it to the credit bureaus. So this is taking an existing creditor. Uh, it's, it's not as though you, it was due on the 13th and you paid on the 14th. That's not considered late. It would have to be right. like a, a complete month later. Yeah, it'll be the next time that they, the creditor reports. The creditor reports to the, uh, the credit bureau on the day that it sends you your bill, essentially. Most of them report within a day or two of that day. And so if you've missed a payment a few days and then they're going to send your report, you know, two or three days later, it could be sent that you haven't made a payment, but most of them will give you that 30-day grace period. I see. So it all not- depends on the creditor, but most of them will wait until the 30 days are up and give you some time to, uh, to make that payment. So you will have been given a notice that you're late and have a chance to fix it before it is reported to the credit bureaus as late. Is that correct? For most, yeah, for most creditors, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the most important is payment history, 35% of your credit score. The next one is the amount owed, which is 30%. So tell me about how that works into your credit score. Basically, that gets into the issue of credit utilization. Let's say you have $10,000 in credit with all of your credit scores, all of your different credit uh, cards together, and you're using about 2% or 20% of that credit. That would mean a total of $2,000 credit. That would be a 20% utilization rate. And that, as long as you keep it to about 20 to 30 percent utilization rate, your credit score is going to be pretty high. Once you get over that, let's say you're using 5,000 of the 10,000 credit, that would be a 50 percent utilization rate. That would start affecting your score pretty seriously, because they don't like to see you getting too close to your maxed out period. If you're uh-huh. constantly covering, carrying maxed out lo- maxed out ca- credit cards, your credit score is going to get hit dramatically. Hmm. Okay. And the next one is credit history, which is 15 percent. Uh, what exactly is that, and how does that affect your credit score? What they're looking at is that you've, been ha- you've held credit for a long time. If you're somebody who's just started working with credit cards, you're going to have a very short credit history, and that is going to affect the score. The score is going to be a little lower for, that, for a person just starting out. It takes them a while to build a credit history. As long as you have a credit history of 10 years or more, you, you've got enough history to show whether you're going to pay on time or not, and that, that, then your score usually doesn't get affected at all. But you want to keep that credit history in place. And that's where sometimes people make the mistake of, of canceling out an old credit card and then all the other cards they have are new. That credit card is the one that showed that they had a long credit history and they end up with a higher credit score just because they canceled an old card and then, and then ended up shortening their credit history. So you're losing good credit history and that's hurting your score. What if you right. cancel the card? So you're better off you... just leaving, even if you want to leave the card with zero balance, you're better off sometimes leaving your oldest card open. And what if you cancel a card in which you've had a bad history where you had late payments and so on? Does that get erased as well? It doesn't get raised automatically. The bad payments stay around, unfortunately, and they can stay on your credit for as long as seven years. So the bad payments stay on, but the good payments go away if you cancel the card. Well, your history looks shorter because your your oldest credit, they have a a thing in there that calculates oldest credit card, 
mm-hmm. and your oldest credit card will then be a shorter one. It, it, will, it doesn't affect that much. It's a 15%, but it's always better to keep one old credit card open, even if you're not using it. Yep. Okay. And then the next one is new credit, which is 10%. How does that affect your score? If you're applying for a lot of new credit all at once, that's going to negatively affect your score because they're not going to know whether you're planning to open up a whole bunch of cards, whether you're just trying to find best interest rate. And so initially when you have five or six inquiries a year, that will probably lower the score a little bit. It doesn't have a major impact on the score unless your credit um, utilization is very, very high. But if you're going around to a car dealer, for example, and you're applying for one car loan after another and in one day and you hit, have four applications, that's going to hurt your score. A it lot of applications won't in short if it's all in the same, within the same week. It's if you're doing it over a period of, let's say, several months, you keep tra- trying out different cars, that could, that's going to show that you've, you're constantly applying for new credit over a long period of time, and that's going to start, start hitting the, the score. So these are hard inquiries, that, and hard inquiries is what hurts your credit scores, what you're saying. Exactly. Soft yes. inquiries happen all the time. It, you can check your own. There's a, a fallacy that if you check your own report, that's considered inquiry, and that does not count that way. Yes. And then the last piece of your credit score is credit types. That's 10%. And how does that figure into your credit score? Well, something like an installation, an installation loan, like um, a car loan, where you, where you're almost, you, have a, you start out with maxed out credit, is not counted the same way as a credit card, which has a, lo- a loan amount that goes up and down all the time, or a mortgage loan. So they, they like to see all different kinds of loans. They like to see a mortgage loan they, and installation, uh, installation loans like car loans. And then they like to see the, um, the credit cards. So and the, the they mix. like to a nice mix of credit. They don't want all your credit in one place. So people sometimes uh, avoid certain kinds of uh, loans, but it's actually better to have a mix. You have some student loans, some credit cards, some mortgages, some car loans, and the better the mix, in a certain way, the better your credit score is going to be. Yeah. Yeah, they like to see that you're, you're using credit wisely. Because okay. anybody who puts everything on the credit card and doesn't pick any of the longer-term loans are probably paying higher interest rates and not managing their credit as well. Very good. We're learning a lot about credit scores from uh, Lita Epstein, who's written a book called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score, Raise the Numbers, and Make the Financial Grade. And we'll be back with more about credit scores after this. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Lita Epstein, uh, who's an expert on credit and credit scores. Uh, Her new book is called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score, Uh, Raise Your Numbers, and Make the Financial Great. Welcome back to the show, Lita. Thank you. We want to talk about uh, credit reporting agencies now. Uh, so there, there are big uh, three of them, the Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Uh, maybe tell me a little bit about each and, and uh, how you have to, what is the best way to be dealing with credit reporting agencies? Um, basically, not to deal with them unless you absolutely have to. <laughs> I find they're, they're not a very friendly, a friendly customer-oriented kind of, of agency, so... It's only when you need to correct something and then do everything in writing. They're, they're definitely not a friend of the consumer. Mm-hmm. And, and um, why is that? I mean, they are charging consumers for their credit reports. Yeah, and that's where they make their money. And actually, if you, you do have, and I, I, I actually have credit monitoring through Equifax because I, had, I was a problem with the identity theft. And when you're, when you're one of their customers, they're, they're a lot nicer to deal with. But still, if it comes to cor- correcting a credit report, I don't think I've ever found any of them to be very nice. Don't they want these to, to be accurate? They should, but um, they don't make the money from us. I mean, we, may, we may pay them a monthly fee, but the people that really pay them the big bucks are the ones that order the credit reports. And they're the ones that they want to satisfy, and they want to, if they're going to err, they want to err in the favor of the person who's lending you money because that's who's paying them their big bucks. But and so they're not going to correct that credit report unless they're absolutely certain that what you're telling them is 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 right. And a lot of times, they don't. They it used to be that if that they just didn't do anything. Now they have to respond within a certain amount of time with the Fair Credit Reporting Act. They must respond within 60 days on most of the stuff, and they're getting a little better about it. But prior to that act going in place, you could you could cite them for a year or two and not get any kind of response. So that law, I guess it's called the FACTA law, right? The Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act. Right. Um, has, in fact, made a difference in their responsiveness, your sense? Oh, yes. They can, they, can, they can have a major lawsuit if they don't. And so they've gotten a lot better about it. So tell me a little bit about uh, correcting. Say you see an error in your credit report that's clearly wrong. Uh, what do you have to do to get that off your credit report? Well, there are two ways. It depends on how you actually ask for the report. If you've gotten the report online through the online system, they will have a way of you, you making the, the correction with an online system as well. And then you, but you, you always are going to have to send something in writing, and pr- the more proof you send that you are correct, the better chance you have that the correction will be made. 
So if you say that you've paid a bill and they they say that you haven't paid, somebody on the other side says you haven't paid that bill, any proof that you can show that you paid that bill or that bill shouldn't have been charged because you didn't get the the material or whatever it might be that you have in the way of a, a correction, you need to prove it. it. Essentially, it's not like when you go into a court of law where you're you're innocent until proven guilty. The way the credit scoring companies see it is you're guilty until you prove them innocent. So it's it's a whole it's an opposite way of looking at things. And, and nine times out of ten, they're going to believe the creditor unless you have strong proof that the creditor is wrong. And uh, they're always going to go back to the credit. I mean, the, way, the analogy I like to use for credit reporting agencies is they're kind of like a library. They don't publish the books. They display the books. Um, right, exactly. If, if you want to get something changed in a book that's wrong, you don't go to the librarian. You go to the publisher of the book to, to do a new version of the book. Isn't that right? You, you, to a certain extent, you, you, uh, they, they will a lot of times ask, have you, have you contacted the creditor about this? Have you corrected it with the creditor? And you would have to prove to them that you've made that attempt to correct it with the creditor and the creditor is ignoring you and, and, proof that, and, and show them the proof of what you sent to the creditor so that they will start taking, paying some attention because they do have an obligation for this to be accurate. And it's really not a book. That's the interesting thing. Most people don't realize your credit report is a whole bunch of little index cards. Every single creditor that, that you have is like a little index cards file in the, in the computer. And when somebody asks for your credit score, they pull all the index cards together and put, put together this report. And that report is put together each time it's been asked for. So your credit report can actually be different each time somebody requests it. Yeah, it's an ongoing leave, living, breathing kind of thing. But, exactly. But the point is the information on the credit report is not uh, created in the first place by the credit bureau. It's created from the creditor, and they are reporting what they get from the creditors. So in order to get something changed, you ultimately have to go back to the creditor to get them to agree. If it's a he shed, she shed sort of thing, it's like the creditor says you didn't pay, you said you did pay, mm-hmm. they're gonna, you're saying they're going to side with the creditor, basically. They're going to tend to side with this creditor, unless you have very, very strong proof. They do have an obligation to look at what you're sending, and a lot of times if the creditor doesn't have a way of disproving what you're sending, like the, the, the things that get really nasty if you're working with a collection agency. It's gone out. Collection agencies are, are notorious for being very, very bad about keeping the records up to date. And a lot of times the, the, there's a third party involved that has the actual records. And they've just been trying to collect for that third party. So they, that's where you get sometimes the n- nastiest things going on. And that's when you have to show proof that you actually paid the original creditor. And this uh, collection agency is, is trying to collect on something that's already been paid. And then the collection agency would have to show from, from their records that that debt is still valid. A lot of times what they do is they just don't bother answering, and then with it taken off the, essentially taken off the books, it stays off the books. I see. So if your creditor doesn't answer, then that, that's, in, in that case, if, they, if you're not getting the creditor's point of view, that the credit bureau has to take it off. Right. Yeah. Uh, now that's new to the law. That's the new, that, was the new, that was one of the made changes in this new law. In the 2005 FACTA law, yes. Right. One thing I've been hearing lately is uh, creditors going out of business. <laughs> you know, a retail store that isn't there anymore. You know, you try getting a credit report from Gimbel's or something. It's not going to be very successful. So what, what happens if you have errors from a creditor that no longer exists? Well, that's just it. You, you, send in, you send a pretty good explanation as to why that credit shouldn't be there, that negative report shouldn't be there. They send to Gimbel's. Gimbel's doesn't respond. They then have to take it off the report. I see. I see. All right. But... Basically, as a consumer, you have to be vigilant about these things. Don't assume anything's just going right. to kind of happen in, on its own for the better. 
in fact, exactly. assume it's going to happen for the worst, right? Is that right? Exactly. That's why it's very, very important to check your score at least once a year. And that way you can see if there's anything that's false on there. And the quicker that you can correct a problem, the easier it is to get it corrected. Yes. Because as these records become one, two, three years old, it's much harder to, to get a correction in place. So if it's been on there for a while and you haven't contested it, then uh, there's a certain amount of uh, kind of lethargy about all this, right, or inertia to yes. getting these things off. <laughs> yeah, and especially because the credit, credit agency will think, well, you've, you've not challenged us for two or three years, and now you're starting to challenge us. What is this all about? You know, uh-huh. you, you've essentially, by, by not challenging us, you've accepted the credit yeah. as is. And, and you're also saying it's important you can call them, but nothing's going to get done on the phone. Ultimately, it has to be done in writing. Everything has to be in writing. And email and, and it's important that it be in writing because you need to show that you've made that you've made the payment, that you've questioned the payment. You you need to give them that paperwork. It it, it isn't going to just telling somebody something verbally. They're not going to believe you. They tend, as I said, they tend to believe you are guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. Yeah, and they do have to respond to written letters within thirty days. Is it thirty or sixty? I thought it was 30, but you're the expert. (laughs) (laughs) Some things are 30 and some things are 60. I can't remember whether... I'm thinking it's 60 for the first contact. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right, so let's go into the credit report as well. And again, I'm speaking with Lena Epstein, uh, who's an author of a new book called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score. Uh, And by the way, is there a website uh, that people can see more about your your book? It's uh, www.litaepstein.com. Okay, very good. Uh, and I'm sure these are in all the major bookstores. The uh, it's part of the Complete Idiot's Guide. Yes, they are. Let's talk about the uh, the credit report itself a little bit here. Uh, for example, you have derogatory public records. What are some of those that we're talking about? Uh, both, basically, those are things that happen um, that you a lot of times don't have any control over, but they they happen to you because of things in your credit score. A bankruptcy that's going to be on your credit score for ten years if you've filed a Chapter Seven bankruptcy. Uh, a tax lien, if you haven't paid your taxes, they can slap a lien on you, and you don't even know that it's there until you pull a credit score a lot of times. A judgment, if there's been any kind of a court action where you owe somebody money, that type of judgment will be in that record. Uh, if you've been through a foreclosure or your salary has been garnished for any reason, all of those things are in the public records, and they will just automatically be put onto your credit score. And I can tell you those are the hardest things to change and correct. Because you have to go back to a government agency of some kind to uh, get it out of their records, is that right? Right. They're not going to, as long as it's in a government record, a public record, the credit companies don't have to do anything. You have to correct the public record, and then, then it can get changed on your credit score. And is that difficult to do, to get the public records changed? A lot of, sometimes it's just filing a form. If, if, they had, if there was a change, let's say there was a judgment, you paid off the judgment, and it didn't get filed, a lot of times you're going to have to have that attorney who originally filed the judgment make that correction, but they have a legal obligation to make that correction if they haven't done so. Uh-huh. So, uh, so what kind of a hit to your credit score does it have if you have a derogatory public record on there? Initially, it's going to be a hard hit. Uh, a bankruptcy is, is the hardest, and with a bankruptcy, your credit score can drop down to about 535, I think is where I saw it drop with a friend that went into bankruptcy. It drops like a lead balloon. Um, and it stays down there for years. It takes about three, four years with a perfect credit history. I've, I've been helping this friend recover from one. Um, it took them about three years to get to the point where their credit score was in a reasonable, a reasonable level to get a, a, a credit, um, an interest rate that they could live with. 
So it's it's at least three or four years if you have perfect perfect history from that point forward. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize the effect of, of something like that. Right. I, I also hear a lot of places saying that they'll do debt settlement today, where they'll settle for fifty cents on the dollar. Is that almost as bad in your credit score as a, a bankruptcy? Well, that will show on your not necessarily as a bankruptcy, but what will happen with debt settlement unless as part, as part of the settlement you've come up with an agreement. Um, it, it can take a very long time for that credit score to change. Yes, very good. Okay, well, very good. I'm speaking again with uh, Lita Epstein, uh, who's got a new book out called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score, learning lots of interesting things about credit reports and credit scores. And we'll be back after this. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Small business owners, do you want answers to your most pressing financial concerns? Do you want to stop stressing about money and finally understand how to create wealth? Let Elizabeth Potts Weinstein and the Wealth Spa Radio Show answer your most pressing financial and legal questions about your small business and help you achieve business success and the lifestyle of your dreams easier and faster than you could imagine. The Wealth Spa Radio Show broadcasts live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Radio Network work. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lita Epstein, uh, who's an MBA. She's uh, written a new book called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score. Uh, Raise your numbers and make the financial grade. Welcome back to the show, Lita. Thank you. It's great to we, be here. We were talking about debt settlement and how that affects your credit score and so on. There's a lot of advertising out there saying, you know, settle for 50 cents on the dollar and it doesn't affect your credit negatively at all, or uh, we'll go to a credit repair clinic and clean up your credit score. Is this, in fact, true? Well, credit repair in, in almost every instance is totally illegal. If someone says they can do credit repair, nine times out of ten what they're doing is giving you a new Social Security number, which is an illegal act, or changing it. They'll do it by changing a name or do something like that. 
Um, if someone says they can repair your credit and make your score whole, uh, generally run away from them or even report them to the FTC because that really is illegal. Debt settlement can sometimes help. It all depends upon who you have as uh, the person doing the settlement. It requires that when you agree to some kind of a settlement, usually what you're doing is paying some money to the company. A lot of times all that money that's owed is, is 50 to 60% of interest on, on actually the core principal. They will sometimes make a settlement with you. The key is to be sure that as part of that settlement, you get an agreement that they will take that off of your credit report. And that you can do, but that, that definitely, if they want your money and you're going to pay the money rather than just continuing to give them a hassle, say, okay, I will pay this amount, this sum of money, but I want it taken off my credit report. And they can do that. So they'll get and a, that's let, when you get a letter from them. can really help. You, you get a letter from the person you're settling the debt with, and then you give that letter, you, you assume that they would give the letter to the credit bureaus as well, but you have a copy to give to the credit bureaus as well? Right. That, if, that, the debt has been settled. Um, Either as as paid in full or paid. Usually, I think they they stated as paid as as required or somehow they they set it, set it up so it shows that there is no more money due or no more money expected or that you didn't short pay. And that will not affect your credit negatively then if you have something like that on there. Right. They don't know. They should. The way that it's worded, they should not know whether you paid earlier or not. Paid in full with. They're going to still show some late payments and late payments take about two or three years to really get totally out of that score. But but then at least you won't be showing like a bankruptcy, which would show that you never paid at all. Yeah. So it's not considered a charge off if you paid, as you say, short paid, paid less than the principal due. Right. But in in, in some cases, if you don't have uh, a, a letter from them or something like that, it will be considered a charge off, and that will hurt your credit. Is that right? Right, and it will stay on the credit longer. So the main so thing there is to get a letter to make sure that it's done yeah. done accurately. Right. As far as credit repair, you're saying just run the other way because no, nobody can, in effect, it's illegal to try to give you a new credit identity is what you're talking about. Exactly. Totally illegal to do that. Yeah. Okay. And while we're talking about people trying to help you, uh, credit counseling agencies, um, what is the, the good and bad of using different credit counseling agencies to help you get out of debt? I truthfully, as long as you go to a nonprofit credit counseling agency, and I prefer that they, they go through one through the National Federation for Credit Counseling because then they know they're getting a true nonprofit, mm-hmm. I think it's excellent. I think it's, it's the best thing that a person can do that's having some credit problems because they not only will help you set up a payment plan, they a lot of times can lower the interest rates. They can sometimes get some interest forgiven, depending upon which credit card company, but they have good relations with the credit card companies to set up all kinds of agreements for payment. And then they also have money management classes and other things that they include as part of the process. So not only do they help a person clean up their credit, but they help the person get into a better money management mode. Now, if you go through a DMP, a debt management program, with a credit counseling agency, what is the effect of having a DMP on your credit report uh, as far as having it on your, affecting your credit score? Uh, initially, your, your credit score is going to be ruined. Usually by the time you get to a credit reporting, a credit counseling agency, your re- credit score is already in the toilet. It's usually most people don't seek help until it's way too late anyway. But what it does do is it helps to start getting you on the, the road to paying everything on time. And it takes about two to three years. If your score has been knocked down, it takes two to three years to get it back up. And most of these good credit counseling agencies will even agree to help you get a home mortgage loan or get a car loan once you've fully paid off, and they'll, they'll help you get through the process. And it does clean up the report. It doesn't, it isn't handled as negative. The fact that you're going to a credit counseling agency, getting help, and showing that your, your payment history is now changing to being paid on time 
is going to, all those things are going to be a positive, not a negative for your credit score. Right. So DMP in itself, you're saying, doesn't really hurt your credit score. It kind of depends on the whole circumstance. As to right. How, how bad it is, why it's so bad. Now, a lot of people don't go uh, to Actually, people don't realize that as soon as they start not being able to make a payment, they get to the point where they're starting to borrow money in order to make payments. And I, I know there are people doing that where they, they, use, they take cash advance from one credit card to pay the minimum balance on another credit card. As soon as you get into that situation, it's just a matter of time before you're going to really have a serious credit problem. And that's when you should go to a credit counseling agency before you have any late payments. Yeah. They can help you get something in order, maybe help you get some interest rates adjusted or do some other things so that you can get yourself into a budget plan and get help before your credit score gets seriously damaged. Now, a lot of people are going to credit counseling agencies today, uh, and they're completely on time and, and current uh, because they want to get lower interest rates. They're paying 18 or 23% or whatever, and they want to get the lower interest rates. Is that a good idea? Yes, I think it is. Because it's also as part, if you're going to a true nonprofit, and that's, I keep reiterating that, because there are a lot out there just to make money that aren't really helping people, and they're getting them into payment plans and then not making the payments. And I, I hear all kinds of horror stories about these other agencies. But as long as it's a, a valid nonprofit credit agency, I, I think they're probably getting a lot of help, and it will probably help stem long term problems. It'll be a lot quicker to correct one or two late payments and get your score right back up probably within six months than if you let it go on for years and let the score keep going down, down, down. Yeah, so it's, early intervention makes a big difference here. So. Oh, yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, credit identity a, a little bit. You have a chapter uh, in the book, and again, I'm speaking with Lita Epstein, uh, who's got a book out called Improving Your Credit Score, The Idiot, Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score. Um, your credit identity, uh, how much identity theft is going on out there today, and, and how worried should people be about it? Well, identity theft is very widespread, and it's very, very... I, I've been a victim of identity theft twice in my life. So it's something I, I take a lot of, a lot of uh, interest in. Over 10 million people each year are impacted by some kind of identity theft. Sometimes it could be a family member who borrows a credit card. And, or, so or, often or people just borrows you know. your information and sets up an account that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a situation where they've just... You have a, a, a name that's like somebody else's name, and your credit credit report has gotten combined with somebody else's credit report. But anytime you see something on your credit report, and you know that's not one of your accounts. There's a possibility of identity theft. And so, what is the impact on you if you've had your identity stolen by somebody malicious? It it can be devastating, and it can take two or three years to clean up. Unfortunately, it's um, you, you just never know. It depends upon what they've done, how much they have used. You can have a you can have a credit card. I hear the latest latest thing is that in in restaurants and other places, people get the cards and they swipe those machines. That there's some machine now that actually they can use to swipe and keep all the information. So then they're off to the races once they've got your your number and so on. Right. I I, I don't know. I mean, it has to be somebody you know very the, the the restaurant isn't hiring very carefully if they have that going on. But I understand that's happening out there. Um, the key is to be sure to shred any financial documents before you throw them away. Because dumpster diving is probably the most popular thing that people do today. And they can find an amazing amount of records. If they pull out your old checks that you've thrown out and some of your old um, credit promotions and other things, it's amazing how much information they can find on those things to actually use to set up an account in your name. So most of it's done the the old-fashioned way, as opposed to phishing and, and various kinds of online things, huh? 
Yeah, the old-fashioned way, they used to just make a copy of the, uh, you know, they would, you used to sign those paper things that you would sign for a credit card. Yeah. And then they would, somebody would make a copy of it and keep it. But that's not easy today because we don't have all those, those credit type of things that we sign anymore. Now we get those things that are printed out by computer. And they've even stopped printing out the whole name, I mean the whole number. Now you only have, you have XXX that's the last four numbers on a credit card. So they can't do it in the traditional way in a restaurant, so they have to get more more creative. And probably the, the way that they're doing it the most is what's called phishing, which is where they send you an email. They make it seem like it's coming from your bank. You click on that email, it looks like your bank's um, website, and in essence it's somebody else's website. You give them all your information, and that's it. They can then have access to everything that they need. So it's very important. If I get something from my bank... I will always go to the bank's website the way I normally go to the bank website and then do whatever the bank wants done. I never click on a link to any kind of credit or banking institution when I get in an email. And if this happens, does it hurt your credit score? And, and uh, as you say, it takes two or three years to recover from these kind of things. It really can be... It's depending on how serious it was. I mean, I, I know people, when it takes two or three years, it's when, when they've opened up several accounts, they haven't paid them on time, and then you've got all this horrible credit history that you've got to clean up. If, it's, if you catch it quickly, what I do now is I go into my banks every single, my bank accounts and my credit accounts at least once a week online, and I can pick up something that's unusual. Um, and it's, it's just a good idea to just, just be vigilant on your own. What the do you think thing, about okay. the idea of having a credit monitoring service that also protects you against ID theft? That is something I do have. I, I work with Equifax. Um, I don't think it's absolutely necessary, um, but it does. It, it makes me more comfortable to see when there are changes to my credit report because I've been in a, a victim of identity theft. But I think you you can be vigilant enough without having to spend that. Um, but you can get a decent one for probably six to ten dollars a month. And if you've ever been a victim of identity theft, it's definitely good to have it because you've already been exposed in one way or another. You never know when that information will show up again. And the best thing they have today, if you're not applying for um, credit, any major credit, what you can do is called a credit freeze. And that's something that became more on November 1st of, of last year, where you can actually for $10, send $10 and a letter saying you want your credit frozen, and nobody can even look at your credit report until you send another $10, another letter saying, please open my credit report. And that way there's no chance of anybody. So if you know you're not going to be using credit for a while, the credit freeze is probably your best way and a lot cheaper. So that's just taking the ability to take a look at it. It's not applying or anything like that. So if you're not going to be applying for credit anytime soon, the credit freeze is going to be the ultimate protection. That's the ultimate protection. The credit card companies don't like it. But um, if, you, if you're something where you're never sure, if you're the kind of person that goes in and out of needing credit for one reason or another, if you're running a business or whatever, you can do what I do, which is what... Um, Allowing the freeze for like two dollars a month, I can I can turn it on and off whenever I want. I see, I see. So you can freeze and unfreeze the account then. Yes. Right. Very good. All right. Well, I'm speaking with uh, Lee Epstein, who's uh, got a book out called "Improving Your Credit Score." We're learning lots of interesting things, and we'll be back after this. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. 
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on the bottom line in business voice america business You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Lita Epstein, uh, who's an MBA, and she's written a book called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Improving Your Credit Score, uh, Raise Your Numbers, and Make the Financial Grade. Welcome to the last segment, Lita. Thank you. Great we were talking here. about uh, ID theft. Give us some of the signs uh, that you might have been uh, hit by ID theft. Well, one of the big signs is your bills stop appearing. If you get to the point where you're expecting your bills a certain day every month and all of a sudden you don't get bills for several of your accounts, that's a, a, a clear sign that somebody may have changed the address and is sending your bills elsewhere so that they can start using your accounts and you won't even know about it. Aren't the credit card companies reluctant to change addresses like that? I mean, they know that this is happening all the time. Well, they if the person has stolen your identity and they know whatever key phrases you use, like let's say your, your mother's maiden name and the other things that they ask, the kind of questions they ask in order to certify that it's you or not, that's part of identity theft. And then they call in. They say, I've changed my address. They ask all the key questions. They know your secret answers. And they can do whatever they want with your account. I see. Okay. So, okay, so the bills aren't arriving. What are some other signs you've been hit by ID theft? If you get a call or a letter from somebody on a purchase that you know you didn't make, that, that's a good sign that somebody else is using your credit. Um, if you get unsolicited emails uh, that appear to be from your bank, you need to be very, very careful about where those are coming from 
as I said before, I, I, I would never even click on a link, even if it looks like it is from my bank, and I think it is. I'll just go to my bank's website rather than to try to click on a link in, in an email because there's so many creative ways to make it look like an email is real and it's not. Yes, so many phishings out there, indeed. Yes, and then your passwords on the Internet. It's a good idea to have a different password for every banking account that you have. By having all those different passwords, it's much harder for somebody, once they get one ID at one bank, to use it in, in another banking institution or credit card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just different things you can do to make it harder for people to steal your credit. Okay, terrific. So we're, we're, we're well armed against ID theft now. Um, I want to get, go to a different topic, which is your Chapter 10 of the book, which is insurance and your credit score. Uh, tell me how having your credit score go up or down can affect your insurance rates in various ways. Well, a lot of people don't realize that credit that, that uh, car insurance companies check your credit score. That's one of the reasons they ask for your uh, Social Security number, is they check your credit score when you're first applying for insurance. And basically the insurance companies believe that if you're a person that's using a lot of credit, has, has a lot of debt, you tend to be a higher risk for insurance. And they actually will adjust the rates upward. So if you have a good credit score, you're going to get better and lower insurance rates than somebody who doesn't have a good credit score. Now, as I understand, there are some states that have banned that uh, link. Is, is that correct? Yeah, I'm trying to remember which states it is. I have there are quite a few of them, actually, because they think it's unfair to people. To, yeah, it uh, is. The, uh, the three states that have banned the use of credit scoring for all insurance are California, Hawaii, and Massachusetts. Yes. And Maryland banned it for a few others. And more and more states are looking at that. But right now, it's still loud in most states. So is it only auto insurance, or does this affect other kinds of insurance as well? It can affect your your house, property, and casualty. Basically, it's just the whole theory that if you are somebody who uses a lot of credit, you you tend to to put in for more insurance claims. Okay, very good. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about fixing your score before you apply for credit. The idea is, if you know you're going to go for a car loan or a mortgage, um, you don't want to find out there's mistakes or things after you applied and gotten rejected. What, exactly. what are some things you can do? Uh, you know, and, and, and what kind of time should you allow to fix things before you end up applying for credit? Well, if you think you're going to apply for something like a mortgage or a car loan, it's a good idea to, to get your free report about five to six months prior to applying for that loan. Take a look at that report. If you see any errors on that report, correct them. And it may be that, some, that an account should be closed that wasn't closed, or it may be that you had some late payments that were because of, of missed mailings or some other reason, and try to get all that off the report before you start start looking for credit. So you want to make what you want to do is clean up that that credit report with accurate information that that is reflected um, in, in the best light towards you. So you want to if, if there's anything showing that were late payments when you know it was because of some kind of error by the bank, make sure that that gets corrected. You question it. You explain what really happened. And then you make them go to the bank and get that corrected. Just a, a more overall view of the kind of the current environment we're in right now. Are banks making it tougher for people to, uh, you know, get credit, have their credit scores go up? Just kind of give me a general sense of what you're seeing in the in the credit market today, as far as how the credit crunch is affecting people and their credit scores. Credit is very very tight. I'm seeing a lot of people rejected that in the past were able to get credit, or or getting credit. That we're seeing like equity lines that used to be given at 90% loan-to-value or 100% loan-to-value are now being given at 80 and 85% loan-to-value. So they're, they're being much more conservative. They're loaning the way they used to loan in the 60s and 70s, very, very conservatively, very carefully, 
and somebody who is maxing out their credit cards is going to have a very, very hard time getting another card. And so what is the effect of that on credit scores as well? Um, well, the credit scores are going to be affected about the same way because if you can't get, um, if, if you've maxed out your credit card, your credit score is going to be low. So you're, you've already got a, a problem of credit. If you've if you got maxed out credit cards, your credit score is low and probably lower than it might have been prior to this stage situation. Mm-hmm. They did just switch the Equifax and FICO did just change that about, um, I think it was the beginning of this year where they actually made the scores, they adjusted the scores for people that are regular on-time payers will get slightly higher scores now than they used to get. And people that were not on-time payers are getting lower scores. People with maxed out credit are getting lower scores. So the, the, the divergence between the better and the worse scores is getting wider, is what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, that, that breakdown that I gave may not be accurate for the new way that they score today. Mm-hmm. Well, they're constantly changing the, uh, the way they do the scores with their black boxes and based on behavior, right? I mean, this is kind of right. an ongoing process. Uh, I just want to talk briefly about bankruptcy. The bankruptcy laws changed, I guess it was in 2005. Um, has what they talked about doing, uh, you know, in fact, worked? H- have people been going bankrupt less because they're, uh, you know, can't, can't get a free ride and so on? All the things that were promised by that bill, has that in fact happened? Well, I don't think it's the idea of free ride. I don't, I don't think anybody who's applied for bankruptcy has done it. The most of it, in fact, they, I think it's 80% of the people that apply are because of severe medical problems or because they've lost jobs and haven't been able to find jobs. Yeah. So I don't think they would, I truthfully think that this idea of abusing the bankruptcy system was totally something made up by the credit companies in order to, to try to prevent bankruptcy. Um, but I don't think that it's actually helped anybody. I think a lot of people who seriously could use it right now with the way with what's happened with the housing prices and everything else, and to try to get it to the point where they, they can become whole and try to have a life again, are, are being hurt by the new bankruptcy law. Mm-hmm. I think consumers are, are feeling it very, very strongly because they can't file bankruptcy, or when they do file bankruptcy, they have debt that they could never pay off, and so they're never going to get out of that bankruptcy anyway. And they're getting caught in Chapter 13, not able to clear debt and not able to get a new fresh start, which was the whole premise of bankruptcy law. And keeping their credit scores down as well. Oh, well, credit scores are going to be down. When, once you get to the point of bankruptcy, your credit score is the lowest it could be. Yeah. All right, well, we have about a minute to go. Uh, again, uh, I'm speaking with Lita Epstein, whose uh, book is called Improving Your Credit Score, uh, Raise Your Numbers and Make the Financial Grade. Tell people again how they can get the book. You can find the book, actually, Amazon, The Complete Guide uh, Improving Your Credit Score, or you can go to my website at www.litaepstein.com. And maybe in closing, just give us a final comment on the whole process of keeping your credit score as high as it can be and what people should be watching out for. Well, I think the best thing to do is to take advantage of that free credit score, credit report every year, to look at that report and make sure everything on that report is accurate. If you're not making your payments on time, start doing so. That can make a quick improvement to your score. And then uh, checking for ID theft is an important thing as well. And battling back, right? Don't be a victim battling, in this area. Yeah, don't be afraid to... to, to, to defend yourself and to let them know that your, your situation is different if it really isn't reflected accurately. Very good. All right, it's been fascinating. I hope we've helped the audience with their credit score. Again, uh, Lita's Epstein's book is called Improving Your Credit Score, part of the Complete Idiot's Guide. Enjoyed having you very much on the show, Lita. I enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, and we'll be back again next week. 
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.